What is up, everyone? This is Mornings with Pastor Adam on the West Coast Bible Teacher Podcast. It is Thursday, so by now you should have a good idea as to, you know, whether or not you had a good week. (laughs) If not, definitely then by tonight, you should know if your week indeed went according to your liking. A lot of us are just, I think, surviving, you know. Some people are just literally taking it day by day. Each day, you know, is a battle in and of itself for them. And as a pastor, naturally, I spend a lot of time talking with people. And some people, they come to me and share with me their problems. They share with me how they just feel beat up all the time by others. They share with me that they have good intentions, but people are always misunderstanding them. People are always looking to get them. At least that's how they perceive it. But one thing I have noticed, and this is a sad thing, but I've noticed that often what's going on is people are bringing a lot of negative attention onto themselves. And they're developing not very good reputations amongst people. And they are dealing with a lot of difficulties in their lives. All because they lack a particular trait. And this trait is self-control. Now, this is a trait that you can acquire even if you don't have it presently in your life. The other night at my church, one of our pastors, he was speaking on the common excuse that people give in life, which is, well, that's just how I am. The reason why I can't change is, you know, that's just how I am. That's just who I am. Some people go as far as to say, that's how God made me. But that's nothing but a lie. That's maybe what you once were. But now you have a new identity in Christ. And therefore, if anyone is in Christ, the new creation has come, the old has gone, the new is here. 2 Corinthians 5.17 And of course, Romans chapter 6, What shall we say then? Shall we go on, shall we go on sending so that grace might increase? By no means. We are those who have died to sin. How can we live in it any longer? Jump down then to verse 8. Now if we died with Christ, we believe that we will also live with him. For we know that since Christ was raised from the dead, he cannot die again. Death no longer has mastery over him. The death he died, he died to sin once and for all, but the life he lives, he lives to God. In the same way. Count yourselves dead to sin, but alive to God in Christ Jesus. Therefore, do not let sin reign in your mortal body, so that you might obey its evil desires. And there are many other scriptures, of course, I can give regarding your identity in Christ, but you get the point, hopefully. (laughs) That whole excuse of, well, that's just who I am, you know, it is what it is, and yeah, that doesn't cut it. It's sad, though, how people use that excuse nowadays to actually avoid taking responsibility for their actions. Now, none of us are perfect. But God expects us to try our very hardest to live a life that's pleasing to Him. And sometimes He lets us know that we're not trying hard enough (laughs) at times. 
And Peter would be an example of one whom he let know this. If you remember, Jesus told his disciples on the night that he was going to be betrayed. He told them, This very night you will all fall away on account of me. For it is written, I will strike the shepherd and the sheep of the flock will be scattered. But after I have risen, I will go ahead of you into Galilee. Peter replied, Even if all fall away on account of you, I never will. But Jesus said to Peter, Truly I tell you, Peter, this very night before the rooster crows, you will disown me three times. Now, most of us know what happened next. Peter did find himself hanging out in the courtyard setting while Jesus was being tried behind closed doors. And the servant girl and a few others pointed out, Hey, weren't you also with Jesus? Peter denied it, and they kept on pressing him, and it very quickly got to the point where he indeed denied Jesus three times in front of others. And then immediately a rooster crowed. And then Peter remembered the word Jesus had spoken before the rooster crows, You will disown me three times. And so Peter then, we read, went outside and wept bitterly. But you see, God used this moment, this moment of humiliation on Peter's part, (laughs) to show Peter just where his heart was exactly. God will sometimes let you know that you got some growing to do. We all have areas, I believe, where we need growth. But back to when Jesus was talking with his disciples before he was betrayed. When he told them, you will all fall away. At that moment, we see that Peter couldn't help himself. He had to say something. He had to speak out against that. He didn't like what Jesus was saying. And we see that Peter had no self-control. People who lack self-control are putting their emotions and feelings and compulsions above everything else. And Peter's pride was hurt. When Jesus said that, you know, Peter was like, no way, Lord. (laughs) I'm not going to ever fall away. I'll stay with you to the end. Jesus was like, oh, Peter. (laughs) But interestingly, in the Gospels, we see that Peter had a number of moments like this, where he couldn't control himself. He would blurt things out. And usually it was the result of his pride. And pride cometh before the fall. Here are a few other passages. Proverbs 10.8 The wise man is glad to be instructed, but a self-sufficient fool falls flat on his face. When Jesus was talking to the disciples on that particular night, telling them what was going to happen, Peter should have just humbled himself and stayed quiet, and he should have listened to the Lord's instruction. But then Proverbs 18, 12 through 13. Before a downfall, the heart is haughty, but humility comes before honor. To answer before listening, that is folly and shame. 
Now, again, we need to have self-control. And self-control must be exercised in a variety of areas in our lives. Right now, of course, I'm focusing in on that of exercising self-control over your words and your emotions as well. This, of course, pertains to many different areas of our emotions, including that of anger. Now, I don't think I need to list all the Bible verses that warn us about that of anger. And again, you need to develop self-control in order to get a handle on that anger you're struggling with. But I know it can be hard (laughs) to exercise self-control. Because often we're just looking at things from our present temporal level. That's why it can be hard to get over certain things that people say to you. Things that your family member said to you. They offended you. Something that your co-worker said to you. Now that's especially a tough situation when you're at work. And you want to be a witness for Christ. But maybe you got a difficult coworker or boss and they're narcissistic and they're just giving you a hard time. Or maybe once in a while they give you a hard time. You know, maybe it's not all the time that they're bugging you. But on those occasions when they do get under your skin. You're already dealing with a lot of stress at work, perhaps. And then they come in one day and bother you at the wrong time. And you're just holding back everything you would like to say to them. You know, that that anger within you, it's... mm, (laughs) You know, that, that natural inclination to defend and stick up for yourself. And don't get me wrong, we can't be a doormat. We can't just take abuse and, and be fine with it. But like I talked about on the podcast a couple of weeks ago, pick and choose your battles wisely. Sometimes self-control means that you keep your mouth shut and your emotions at bay, even when you've been hurt, even when you've been mistreated. Sometimes in order to keep that Christian witness And be a light. Sometimes you do have to turn the other cheek and endure a little bit. But there are people who develop the habit of speaking out and fighting at every single moment where they feel shaded, offended. And I talk to people in the congregation I'm pastoring in who are like this. And I try explaining to them You know, hey, you're dealing with all these problems with people at your job and in your personal life and all, and and, and all these bridges that have been burnt. But you could have avoided a lot of this if you simply learned to have some self-control. You don't always have to snap back at someone. And people who develop the habit of snapping back at every single offense or thing that a person said to them, what happens is they develop this mindset that the entire world is against them to where they begin to snap at people who didn't really even say anything wrong to them. <laughs> but they've gotten to the point, you see, where they, you know, they, they take every, everything, literally, they, they take as an offense against them. They become paranoid. 
you need to have self-control over your emotions, feelings, and what comes out of your mouth. And again, this applies then to many other things. We need to have self-control over many different emotions and mental traits and physical traits within our lives. But I get it. It's hard for us to do this. This is something I'll share with all of you that the Lord has had to work on with me throughout my life. I understand it could be a struggle because we want to stand up for our rights. But you know what? And God has shown me this, and it's sobering, and it's hard. But sometimes we have to sacrifice our rights for the cause of Christ. You need to develop an eternal perspective. You need to be putting on Christ each and every day. You see, so many Christians are focused on that temporal, earthly life. And don't get me wrong, our earthly life is indeed important. But you need to also be focusing in on God's kingdom purpose on this earth because we're living in the age when his kingdom is about to be ushered in. So stop moping around. (laughs) Wake up. Wake up to what the Lord is doing. Do you even realize the time that you're living in right now? Don't worry about all this other stuff. In the long run, it doesn't matter if your neighbor next door didn't say hi to you as you saw them when you were walking out of the house. <laughs> they didn't wave. Don't, don't let that bother you the whole day. Wake up and realize that there's so much more to this life to be worried about, to focus on. You're living in prophetic times. Wake up. And thus we read in Romans 13.11, And do this understanding the present time. The hour has already come for you to wake up from your slumber, because our salvation is nearer now than when we first believed. Verse 12, The night is nearly over. The day is almost here. So let us put aside the deeds of darkness and put on the armor of light. Let us behave decently as in the daytime, not in carousing and drunkenness and not in sexual immorality and debauchery, not in dissension and jealousy. Rather, clothe yourselves with the Lord Jesus Christ. And do not think about how to gratify the desires of the flesh. Clothe yourself with Christ Jesus, because if you clothe yourself with Christ Jesus, you have the mind of Christ. And if you have the mind of Christ, as we read of in Philippians, you'll have that eternal mindset that's looking at things from the big picture. And if you're doing that, then you better believe you'll start exercising self-control. And I know that you'll exercise self-control if you put on the mind of Christ. Because we see that Jesus himself had self-control. When he was on this earth, because he held his tongue. Isaiah 53 7. He was oppressed and afflicted, yet he did not open his mouth. He was led like a lamb to the slaughter, and as a sheep before its shearers is silent, so he did not open his mouth. Why didn't he open up his mouth? 
because he had that eternal purpose of God in his mind at all times. Even when the devil tried to steer him away in the Garden of Gethsemane, he resisted. He said, Not my will, Lord, but yours be done. And thus we read in Hebrews 4.15, For we do not have a high priest who is unable to empathize with our weaknesses, but we have one who has been tempted in every way, just as we are, yet he did not sin. But here's another proverb for you. Proverbs 25.28 Like a city whose walls are broken through is a person who lacks self-control. When you allow your emotions, which is ultimately rooted in the flesh, to take over, you are in essence allowing Satan to come in and take over. That's why in Ephesians we read, Be angry but do not sin, lest Satan comes in and gets a foothold in your life. Have you ever become so angry to where you literally felt like for a brief period you weren't even in control of your own actions? People who do horrific things in their anger. They're often heard saying sometime afterwards, you know, I don't know what came over me. You know, I I blacked out for a moment. Some people talk that way. About when they just lost control in their anger. But once you've lost control of your anger, it's too late. Back in December, I did a podcast on anger. I would encourage you to go back and listen to it. But I talked about how there are many people in this world right now, including some Christians, who are serving time in prison or are suffering extreme lifelong consequences simply because they couldn't control their anger. And one day they just snapped. And they did something, something that was, you know, something that happened very quickly. But whatever it was, you know, they, they killed someone with one punch. That's happened before, you know, with, or they severely injured someone. Or maybe words came out of their mouth that they can't take back. And you now their family wants nothing to do with them now. You know, you name it. <laughs> but these are lifelong consequences that some people are dealing with and having to live with because... They couldn't control their anger. Again, the thief comes to steal, kill, and destroy. Anger could be the key that Satan needs to come into your house and steal your life and purpose in the Lord away from you. But you see, Satan won't be able to come into your house if your house is already occupied and full. If Jesus is taking residence in your house, then Satan won't have room to come in. But the problem is that many of us don't have Jesus taking up residence in our houses. (laughs) Behold, I stand at the door and knock. If any man opens the door, I will come in and sup with him. And Jesus will give you the strength to develop self-control. Because you can do all things through Christ who strengthens you. What are the all things that we read of in Philippians 4.13? The all things 
pertain to all that God leads us in as we follow him down the straight and narrow path. If you allow Jesus to come in and take direction in your life, he will lead you down that journey of sanctification. And he'll lead you into a life that produces the fruits of the Spirit, one of which is self-control. But the fruit of the Spirit is love, joy, peace, forbearance, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control. Against such things, there is no law. But the question is, are you walking by the Spirit? You may not be seeing the fruit of the Spirit because you're not walking by the Spirit. Paul said, You, my brothers and sisters, were called to be free. But do not use your freedom to indulge the flesh, rather serve one another humbly in love, for the entire law is fulfilled in keeping this one command. Love your neighbor as yourself. If you bite and devour each other, watch out or you will be destroyed by each other. So I say, walk by the Spirit, and you will not gratify the desires of the flesh. For the flesh desires what is contrary to the Spirit, and the Spirit what is contrary to the flesh. They are in conflict with each other, so that you are not to do whatever you want. But if you are led by the Spirit, you are not under the law. The way for you to walk by the Spirit is if you start seeking the one who provided the Holy Spirit to us in the first place. <laughs> That's Jesus. And draw near to him so that he will draw near to you. Simple as that. And he wants you to develop self-control because he had self-control <laughs> when he was in this life. He knew when to hold his tongue. He knew when to resist temptation. He had self-control over his own physical desires, his own physical drives. Remember that of hunger. Man shall not live by bread alone, but by every word that proceedeth out of the mouth of God. And so sometimes we have to put aside our comforts, Sometimes we have to put aside our comfortability. Sometimes we have to put aside our pride. Sometimes we have to put aside even what we perceive our rights, our respect, people respecting us. Sometimes we have to look all past that. And instead we have to have that eternal perspective in mind. And if you have that eternal perspective in mind, if you indeed have that mind of Christ, you'll start to develop more of a self-control in your life. And as a result, you're going to start to see circumstances in your life are going to get better. <laughs> because you're no longer walking around lashing out at everyone in your anger. You're no longer then walking around with that reputation of being a hothead or being someone who just is, you know, compulsive. <laughs> and instead, your light will shine. And as a result, people will see it and they will glorify your Father in heaven. And that's what we want. And so, 
This has been Mornings with Pastor Adam, everyone. That's the encouragement I'll leave you with as we venture now into the weekend. I hope you all have a wonderful Friday, a wonderful weekend. Enjoy church on Sunday, and uh, I'll talk to all of you Monday morning. (laughs) 